In this month's episode of Table Tennis Talk, we travel all the way to Germany to talk to the one and only Young Money Drama, sometimes also referred to as Kanak Ja. The 2018 Youth Olympics bronze medalist tells us how he's been faring during the pandemic and his future plans in the Bundesliga. Also, he definitively answers the question that is on everyone's mind. What color is his toothbrush? All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Table Tennis Talk. My name is Ryan Lewis. I'm here with my co-host, Joey Cochran. How's hey, it going, Joey? Good. How are you doing? I am uh, I am making it. I am making it. It's another another month in quarantine, another month uh, with the world going nuts. Uh, so yeah. I'm surviving. I'm, How about you? I'm definitely surviving, and I'm pretty excited about our episode. Um, we got a pretty cool guest. That's someone we've been wanting to get on for a long time. Um, a great Kanak jaw. Yep. Yeah, it's, I'm excited for it. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, we wanted to start this episode um, with a uh, maybe a more serious statement than usual. But um, Joey and I just wanted to say that uh, we believe Black Lives Matter and uh, we support the protests against racial inequality and police violence. These uh, murders of uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and and all these other African Americans are just wrong in so many ways. And um, we also want to recognize that uh, we think we can do better with our podcast. We're going to make an effort to include African Americans and um, highlight the African American community and our content, and try to make our content more diverse and and a lot of different ways. Because um, you know we're we're just two white guys making a podcast and uh, we want to make sure that we're, we're inclusive um, and include everybody. Um, uh, we, we think table tennis is an inclusive and life-changing sport and everyone deserves to have an equal seat at the table tennis table. So, um, yes. That's one so, of my favorite l- things about table tennis is like, it is so inclusive and you get, Every race, every age, like every type of like physical body, it's it's table tennis is really cool in that in that way. So, yeah, I was actually watching. I'm not sure if you saw it, um, but a few years ago, this guy made a kind of a short documentary called The Tables, um, which is about these two outdoor ping pong tables in a New York City park where people meet kind of almost at all times and play. Um, and it, that brings together like everybody, um, even like, uh, there's homeless people that come and play and, uh, I guess high level players that go and play. I want to say I've seen that, but I, I can't remember details about it. It sounds so familiar. I'll drop a link in the, uh, in the, um, show notes. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, okay. So, uh, it's been a month, Joey, and, um, how have you been coping what have you been up to this last month? Um, not a whole lot new. I've, I've started my group sessions again, but just at a limited capacity um, with things slowly opening back up in Utah. Um, although, yeah, so um, other than that, I've continued to do my YouTube channel, and that's about it. Nothing too serious, too, too exciting going on in my life. But what about you? 
Um, yeah, it's been, I don't know. It's been interesting. I, I, I got a new office, um, because the home office wasn't working so good. Uh, there were always too many chores and, and it was either my wife or my dog who were, um, who needed me to do things throughout the day. So, um, I got an office that I can, uh, foc- I can focus in and hopefully my, I plan to bring the table tennis table there so that I can, uh, play a little bit uh, during the day. Awesome. Um, I, I also, uh, I also finished reading. I, I mentioned a few episodes that I was, I had started reading the book called, uh, ping pong diplomacy. And, um, I actually finished reading it probably like a couple weeks ago. Um, I was thinking about doing like a longer review type thing, but it's probably too much to get into. It's the, the main focus of the book is about, um, how the American table tennis team, uh, basically kind of met and interacted with the Chinese table tennis team when there was a, a lot of, um, animosity between the two countries and, and it kind of broke the ice and ended up having Nixon go over to China and, and basically kind of open the door between the two countries. Um, I, I, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is is Ivor Montague, who's this British guy who started the ITTF back in the 20s. Um, he was actually a a very um, uh, zealous communist, and he used uh, the ITTF and table tennis tournaments as kind of a um, a ruse to be able to go to different countries and spy for Russia. Wow. <laughs> Which is insane. I mean, he he genuinely liked table tennis a lot, but he also genuinely liked communism a lot. And so he was, and the Russia actually had, like, he was a legit spy for Russia. And so he would go to a bunch of different countries. This and so that's what. Founder of ITTF? Founder of ITTF. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so he actually went, uh, so when China, uh, kind of like, I guess after the revolution and they were trying to decide what their national sport was going to be, they, um, Ivor Montague obviously had some kind of like a, uh, influence on that because he was, he was close with China, uh, because they were communists at the time. I guess they still are. Um, and they were trying to decide between, uh, basketball, volleyball, or table tennis as their sure. national sport. I know and that I think, volleyball is pretty big in, in China as well. And basketball, yeah. I know they like the NBA. So <laughs> it's Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think, well, obviously they wanted a sport that they could dominate na- internationally. And I think at the time, volleyball and basketball, they were kind of like too um athletic. And at the time, table tennis wasn't kind of as athletic as it is now. And so they um even though table tennis was popular in the country, I think they decided to make that their national um, sport, uh, which cool. is very interesting. I, I, when I was doing some research, I found out that the ITTF Wikipedia page may have some uh, disinformation on there because <laughs> um, th- it says that William Henry Laws, who I've never heard of, um, f- founded the ITTF, uh, whereas... Ivor Montague's Wikipedia page says he founded the ITTF as well as, you know, the book that I read. So, um, I don't, 
I don't, I don't know what's up with that. Maybe they're trying to, to hide their history of a, a devout communist starting the International Table Tennis Federation. Man, that's <laughs> crazy. I'd never, I'd never heard of that before. That's, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, also, I, I, so, okay, so there's, I, I mentioned it before, but um, there's an anime called Ping Pong. Not Ping Pong Club, the one that we watched. Uh, this just called Ping Pong. It's a more like a serious anime. And it was originally a comic book, a manga. And um, they never released it in English. And in the last month, I think at the beginning of, or I guess the end of May, they actually released it finally in English, um, the first volume. And um, I got that and read it. And it's so good. Um, <laughs> So, so that's available and that's really cool. You can actually watch the anime for free online. Um, not ping pong club, but ping pong. The animation is what they call it. Um, it's available on Funimation. So I'll drop a link in the, in the comments or in the show notes show below. Notes. And, yeah. Um, cool. Okay. So, um, we there's like almost no news because nothing is really happening except um, the USATT. It looks like they're going to start um, allowing sanctioned tournaments starting in July. So um, that's good news. Yeah, it seems like the plan. I guess at least you know nationally is that it's going to start. Um, uh, things will start uh, happening again in July. I kind of feel like internationally, it's going to take a lot longer though, because I think countries kind of aren't in the same schedule in terms of uh, the pandemic as, as we are. Yeah, that makes sense. And traveling between countries and stuff, it's, it's, yeah, it opens up more possibilities that people just aren't ready for yet. So I kind of wonder if they're just going to like, because in 2021, the the whole world table tennis thing that we talked about last episode is going to start. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're just going to like, just wait until just then. Scra- yeah. Yeah. Cause it they seems might. like, I mean, if they're doing a world tour and you know, they're, they're having like the world tour finals. I mean, they'll have like three, four world tour events that they're kind of like basing that off of. And it just kind of seems like, just wait, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. The, usually at the end of the year, there's quite a few big tournaments that are happening, but it seems like, I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I kind of yeah. think you're right, though. I think they're just going to wait until the end of the year. That still is six months away, but who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's let's jump into our interview with Kanak. We'll have a short break, and then we'll see you on the other side. All right. Well, okay. thanks everybody for for sticking around. Uh, today we have a very very special guest, Kanak Jaw, uh, coming to us all the way from uh, Germany, I believe. Kanak, how's it going? 
It's going great. Uh, excited to be on the podcast and uh, looking forward to have a nice talk. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So uh, you are in Germany right now, is that right? Yes, I'm currently in Düsseldorf, Germany. Oh, awesome. 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 Well, um, I, I wanted to start off by uh, listing off some of the high points in your resume, if you don't mind. Um, you have a, a very impressive resume, especially at only um, 19 uh, years old. So right now you're number 27th uh, world ranking uh, in the men's, which is insane. Um, you are the bronze medalist in the 2018 Youth Olympics. You're the four-time U.S. Nationals men champion, men's champion. Um, you were the champion in the 2018-2019 second Bundesliga um, league. And um, you're currently playing, well, I guess uh, the season's almost over, but you're playing for um, Zubruka Grinzau uh, in the Bundesliga for the 2019-2020. Um, I also would like to talk about or, or list off some of the people that you've beat. Um, <laughs> if that's not too crass. So you beat uh, Yuki Uda, who is a Japanese nationals champion uh, last year. You beat Omar Asar, Quadri Runa, Wang Chungting, Anjay Hyun, and Lin Yunju. I mean, that's, that's an insane list. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sounds good on the resume when you list it up. <laughs> um so uh we got some questions i just want to start off um how has your life been uh during this pandemic um what have you been up to uh yeah i mean obviously it was really tough i think uh in march was when really became serious uh the bundesliga actually they stopped the last match and uh in coordination with my coach and parents, we decided it was best I come home during this time with my family. So oh, wow. I flew back home actually for I think five, six weeks I was at home. Where is home for you? Uh, I'm in Milpitas, California. It's okay. About 40, 45 minutes from San Francisco. And uh, actually it was... It was a very interesting time for me. It was the first time I really got an extended period of time without playing, practicing table tennis, no competitions, obviously. So uh, that was definitely tough for me since I'm so used to practicing every day and uh, working on working on my craft. But um, it was also really nice for me to spend a lot of time with my family, especially my uh, sister and parents. Normally I see them very rarely now. The last four years I've lived abroad in Europe and uh, now I got to see them every day for five weeks. So I, that was actually a really big blessing for me and uh, something that doesn't happen very often now. So I think my parents are really happy. And uh, now recently I came back to uh, Germany, I think four weeks ago now. And um, yeah, actually here in Germany, it's a lot of things are open now in the city and training center is also open. So I'm really happy to be back training and full-time training and doing what I love. <laughs> Do your, does your family ever get to come out to Germany or to wherever you are in the world and get to see a play or how, how often do you get to see your parents and sister? Uh, now it's been my third year in living in Germany. I think my mom has come a few times. She's helped me out 
when I first came with the apartment and moving in. And I do see my father from time to time. He's often comes to the big tournaments such as world championships. And um, normally he's always coming to the Pan American Cup in February. And then always in the summer also, I see them at home and obviously for US Nationals. So from time to time, but most for the most part, um, yeah, obviously have work and at home. So not so often anymore. And that's got to be tough for probably you and them. <laughs> yeah, I think it, well, it was really tough for me in the beginning, especially when I was when I moved when I was 15. But yeah, now it's, it's I'm more used to living in Europe, so it's gotten a lot easier for me. Where Where did you move as a 15 year old? Was it Germany, um, or were you? Where'd you go first? No, actually, uh, I moved in with my sister Prachi. We both moved together at that time to uh, Sweden. Was we stayed? I stayed in Sweden for two years. Uh, first year with my sister Prachi. We were both. Uh, main focus that year was preparing for the Olympic trials, and uh, also my mom managed to come many times to help us out there. So the first year was was definitely the toughest year, but also a really fun year. Cool. I spent a lot of time training in Sweden as well, uh, just Stockholm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a good place. I liked, I liked Sweden. Yeah, a lot of good clubs there. And people are very nice, just the weather. <laughs> yeah. <a> good weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so we've got some uh, rapid-fire questions. Uh, Joey, do you want to go through them? Sure. So we're thinking for the responses on these, just give us like the first uh-huh. thing that comes to your mind, maybe like three to five seconds per answer, but try not to get caught up on any. We got like, we have 20 questions lined up. So um, <laughs> just whatever comes to your mind, we'll, we'll just go on to the next question. <laughs> All, All right. right. So here we go. Uh, your favorite player. Chuan Chi Yuan. Oh, good one. Okay. Uh, your shoe size in U.S. and in European? Uh, U.S., I think about a nine, and European, 41. Okay. I have no <laughs> idea what that means in European sizes, but I know number nine. Favorite tournament? Uh, world Championships. Best win? Uh, Lin Yanju. Your favorite drill to practice when you're practicing? Uh, no favorite drill. Honestly. No favorite thing. Okay. Least, how about least favorite drill? <laughs> uh, definitely footwork, but I'm doing a lot of that. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you have a worst loss? Um, not sure about that. I've had many tough losses in my career. Most of them feel the worst at the time. But uh, not one comes to my head immediately. Luckily. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite board game or video game? Uh, board game, Monopoly, for sure. For sure. Nice. Uh, favorite country you've lived in? Uh, I have to say Sweden. Number of languages you speak fluently? <laughs> uh, uno. Just one? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, yeah, I don't believe that one. one. <laughs> uh, who has, in your opinion, who is the best backhand in the world? Uh, maybe 
Dima, Dimitri Alcheros. Toughest serves in the world that you've played against? That I've played against? Ooh. Uh, maybe. Hard question. Uh, maybe Pardera from Sweden. What about that you haven't played against? I think best server in the world can be currently, you want? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Currently. Uh, I really like uh, Cho Sang Min serve from Korea. I think he's really, really tough to read, so I'll, I'll go with him. Okay. Uh, do you have, uh, who's your biggest rival? Or someone that you think about beating when you're in practice? <laughs> uh, no rival. Honestly, I think just myself. I mean, it's most important just to go for your own potential. So, no no rival. Okay, no rival. <laughs> Sorry for the boring answer. No, that's okay. That's fine. Uh, favorite pump-up music? Uh, lose Yourself, Eminem. Uh, color of your toothbrush? Uh, I'm gonna go on a guess here because I'm not sure. I think purple and white. Okay, <laughs> not sure actually. Uh, who's your Who's your favorite cartoon character growing up? SpongeBob, definitely. Yeah, me too. Sour Patch Kids and Swedish or Swedish Fish. Uh, I'm vegetarian, so definitely not Swedish Fish. Go with Sour Patch Kids. Okay, <laughs> Celebr- <laughs> celebrity crush. Uh, currently, our Who? first uh, Alika Schmidt. Uh, she's a German track and field runner. Okay. <laughs> uh, favorite pizza topping? Mushrooms. And what's what's your bedtime? Uh, varies depending on my schedule the next day, but somewhere around eleven to. 12.30. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not bad. That's pretty late. Yeah. Uh, Try to be earlier, but around that time, I'd stay, to be honest. I was just telling Ryan, that's all of our rapid fire questions. I was just telling Ryan that I usually go to bed at like 9.30. Sometimes last night, I, I was going to bed at 8.30. It's like, man, way too early. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of respect for you, man. Really. Uh, too early though. Too early. My wife made me normally, stay up later because it was, it was too early. <laughs> yeah. Normally I'm getting get a, a long nap in the afternoon too. So between yeah. training sessions. So night I can stay up a little later. How many hours a day do you practice? Uh, quite a lot. I'd say, um, uh, Normally, if I'm on a normal schedule, normally I start from around 8.30 to maybe 12, 12.30, just in the TT hall. Then maybe from around 3.30 to 6.30, even often 7. So a lot of hours in the hall and sometimes also physical training or something extra, but around this time, give or take. Cool. That's quite a lot. Yeah, a lot um, of training. Kanak, do you have a do you have a nickname? Um, I have a few nicknames. I think uh, in US, actually, every time I come to nationals, the MC uh, Ryan Willard, he always calls me Young Money Drama. Young Money Drama. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he started calling me that when he first met me. So 
I think that's my nickname there. But actually, uh, it normally people just call me by my name, kind of. So. Okay, I was thinking because you know Adam Adam Bobro has has nicknames for a lot of players, and I was wondering if uh, you had a nickname. But I actually think Young Money Drama is like maybe the best <laughs> nickname I've heard. I love that. Yeah, it was quite funny when I heard it the first time. So. <laughs> Um, I, we, we were both wondering, uh, recently we saw a video and we were wondering how was it when you got to meet your lifelong idol, Nick Jonas on the voice? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was really cool. I don't know if I'd call him my lifelong idol. I'm actually, <laughs> not the, maybe not the biggest fan of Nick. So for me, I wasn't so, uh, maybe like starstruck to meet him or something. I felt kind of like I was meeting a a normal guy but uh it was definitely exciting to be on set of the voice i mean i got to see the production crew and a lot of stuff behind the scenes and um yeah it was also a lot of fun to meet him and do some funny stuff with him so overall it was a really nice experience it's awesome have you been on any other um like high profile celebrity shows or what kind of exposure have you had besides uh being on the voice um, I think I've none definitely as big as The Voice. That was definitely the biggest show I've been on. Um, I think I've been on a, a lot of small shows. Uh, most of the time, I'm so busy that um, I can't afford to go anywhere, especially when I'm in Germany. To take even a day off from my training normally is it's tough on my schedule because I'm so busy. Um, the Voice is obviously a big deal, and uh, I flew over, but. For the most part, I'm mostly just focused on training and uh, not really trying to do anything outside of the that can disrupt my schedule. Gotcha. So the voice and table tennis talk are your your two big ones, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Table tennis talk is now the number two now, so it's <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> um. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, you can ask. Okay. Uh, so, sorry, one second. So when you were uh, graduating high school, what went into your decision to become like a professional table tennis player versus just going kind of the more traditional route of going to college and getting like a normal career? Um, actually, by the 2018, when I graduated from high school, I was... Already at that point, I'd already kind of decided that I was going to go professional for some years. I think uh, by 2018, I was already, it was my last year as a junior, and I was already starting to play really well in senior events, especially for my age. Mm -hmm. So um, it was kind of an easy decision for me also because I, I just really loved the sport so much. And for me, it's honestly so much fun. Uh, I think when I was younger, it was a much harder decision I didn't really know what I wanted to do I knew I loved the sport a lot but I also knew education is very important also my parents have a lot of put a lot of importance in me on education so um, I think when I was younger it was a bit harder to decide but the answer kind of solved itself by its own I really loved playing and I managed to really improve my level very fast so Luckily now it's, I'm right now currently a full-time player and uh, I think maybe in the future manage to get my degree in college at some point. Okay, that's that's cool. 
what how do you how do you support yourself as a tail as a player right now as i'm sure you get money from the bundesliga and um like what do you how do you make money yeah in uh, europe it's quite normal to be a professional player I mean, I mean, there's many professional clubs and they have a really good system here. It's a lot different from the U.S. Um, I think most players, including myself, our main income is from the is from the league we play. I play the Bundesliga, obviously. And um, also you get some money from your sponsors and the company that support you. I'm sponsored by Butterfly and now currently also PingPod. But uh, I think for most players, definitely the income is coming from the from the league which you play, and that's a really big part of the table tennis life. It's awesome. How would you? This maybe be might be jumping the gun a little bit, but how? What are your thoughts on how to grow table tennis in the U.S.? Um, I know that Europe has had a lot of success with the leagues and stuff, like you mentioned. Um, what does the U.S. need to do? Yeah, that's a, it's a really it, tough question. Yeah, it's a tough one. So everyone yeah, kind of yeah. has a different opinion on it. Um, just, I don't know if you have an opinion or not, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, can't really say what it would take for U.S. to, I think it we're really, a, really far away, ways away from the system there is in Europe. But um, actually, I think one of the advantages in U.S. we have is we have many good young players. I think, um our private lesson system is quite good, especially for players beginning the sport. You get to play a lot with one on one with the coach, so you get a really good foundation and technique compared to in Europe, where it's always been group lessons. And uh, I think that's why we've always managed to have good young players growing up, especially in the cadet and mini cadet age. But uh, I think the difference is in Europe. Once you get to the higher levels, I think group training is much more important and private lessons and um, also in Europe then you get to many full-time centers full-time professional coaches and players and we really can't compete with them in the US now so it's a really hard answer for me but uh, yeah it's, it's really hard for me to answer I think there's such a big difference right now between Europe and US and even other countries like Asia so it's definitely a long way to go for us to to someday be at the same level as Europe and Asia and table tennis. Gotcha. You're kind of like the poster child right now for, for like what, what all our juniors and stuff are trying to strive for. So it's, it's pretty cool that you're able to, to do so well and to play in the Bundesliga and uh, in Europe in general. So it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm really happy to inspire kids in the U S I think uh, there's not so many players, professional that U.S. players know, and uh, now that I'm from U.S. and I've grown up and I've now become a top player, I hope that's really inspired some kids to know that it is possible to to pursue a professional career in table tennis and not just have to quit when you finish high school. So I hope that's that really awesome. paved the way for some kids. Thank you. Um, Kanak, what what are your plans for the um, next season in Bundesliga? Are you going to stick with uh, Grinzau, or do you know yet? Uh, yes, actually. Um, I'm actually changing clubs from Super Grinzau. I'm joining TTF Lieber Auctionhausen. Ah. Uh, it's another club. They're a very strong club, I think. Last year, they were the champions, and this year, they're fighting in the playoffs. 
So uh, it'll be a new change for me, a new challenge, but definitely very exciting, and I'm really looking forward to it. That's cool. awesome. Are you already training with your new team and coaches and stuff? Uh, not yet. I'm actually planning to move to auction house and soon right now I'm currently in Düsseldorf mm. and, uh, managed to bring all my stuff there and then start my, my training there for the next season. Cool. Cool. What, um, what equipment are you using now for your racket? Uh, right now I use T-Mobile ALC, uh, blade paired with energy hard on the forehand and Tignix 05 on the backhand. What nice. thickness do you use on the sponge? Uh, 2.1. I've always used 2.1 my, my whole career. Yes. Have you, um, as a butterfly sponsor, do you get do you get the uh, do you get rubbers and paddles uh, before they kind of hit the market to try them out and see if you want to switch? Uh, I mean, the good thing with butterfly is obviously they create stellar. Equipment, and uh, they're also very good at connecting with their players and having a good relationship with the players. So I've always been really grateful to be part of Butterfly. And uh, I have tried some of their new equipment from time to time. But uh, for the most part, uh, yeah, for the most part, I do try maybe a bit earlier sometimes. And uh, they might send it to me just to hear my feedback. That's cool. How often do you change your rubber? Uh, normally during the season, the normal season, I have competitions almost every week, especially every weekend we have league matches almost. So normally about once a week, uh, now during training can be once a week, sometimes even after a few days, I'm training so much and many hours every day. So it's really, the rubber can be worn out fast. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, normally I'd say around a week or so. Well, that's quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Needed though. Are you looking forward to the new colors in the rubber? <laughs> uh, actually not. Not at all. Uh, oh, really? Are you going to stick <laughs> with red and black or are you going to, uh, what, 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 what are you going to use? <laughs> uh, haven't given it much thought at this point. I think <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, it's, you have to have black on one side. I think. Yeah, one I think side. so. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah i probably stick with red and black <laughs> that's what i'm used to okay you're not gonna have, i don't know if they're gonna have like a white rubber but that's what i would use yeah i don't think that's gonna be allowed but <laughs> if that is maybe then i'll switch to white too give me a little edge you know? <laughs> yeah Cool. So, Kanak, um, looking back on like your training and your career up until now, um, what's like the one thing that you can look back on and has had kind of the biggest impact for where you're at today? Uh, whew, it's a hard question. There, there's many things looking back that have been really good to me. I think I've been always quite lucky in terms of the timing and the people who support me and I've met in my life um, growing up I was really lucky to meet Stefan Fett my first coach and still my coach today uh, at a young age he taught me a really good foundation and um, but I think one of the biggest changes and beneficial impacts in my career was when I moved to Germany from Sweden uh, at the time it was a really hard change for me I was very comfortable living in Sweden and uh, I 
actually didn't want to move so much at the time. But uh, with my coaches and my parents, they they told they thought it would be best for me to move, and I also supported that decision because in the end, I wanted what's best for my table tennis, and I think that was really one thing that really had a big impact in my career. It's awesome. Joey, do you know what you want to ask? Yeah. Um, so with the Olympics coming up, you're, you're on the U S Olympic team. Um, it got delayed until 2021, uh, for Tokyo. Uh, what are you doing? Are you doing anything special to prepare or did you have to change your schedule uh, for with, with a change in the Olympics? Like how did that impact you? Yeah, it was actually, it was hard for me. Um, going into the year, normally with my coach, we create a full schedule for my training and my matches and my tournaments. And uh, obviously the Olympics is the biggest deal for, for me. And uh, we had a whole schedule planned for, leading up to Olympics to get me in the top shape with uh, a lot of training camps and tournaments. So it's definitely hard because also mentally you're preparing yourself the whole year for the Olympics. It is the biggest event. And when it's delayed, it is tough to hear. But at the same time, when I heard the news, I wasn't so surprised because at that point the virus is already really bad in the world. So, um, now I'm just trying to prepare my best for next season and going to 2021, I'll try to create the best plan I can to be in top shape for, for the Olympics. Cool. Um, go ahead, Ryan. So we have, we have one, uh, last question. It's the most important, um, <laughs> okay. Joey, uh, you can take this since you, you formulated it. Okay. All right. So you're playing, let's say we're just putting a scenario together. Okay. You're playing, you're playing Ma Long in the finals of the Olympics for the gold medal. <laughs> it's, it's match point deuce in the seventh and it's your serve. And you see that he's kind of like crowding the table. And he doesn't look ready for like a fast serve. Would you serve <laughs> fast to him or are you going to serve short to Ma Long? <laughs> uh... Absolutely depends what I'm feeling in that moment. It's hard for me to, <laughs> to say right now, sitting down. But um, a fast serve, fast serve would definitely be gutsy. Um, but I guess if we have to wait and see until 2021, if that happens. Okay. <laughs> I hope it does. I, really I hope, hope it so. Does. Yeah, I really hope so. That would be that would be a dream scenario. But <laughs> I hope so. Awesome. Cool, cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Kanak. Uh, best of luck in the next season of the Bundesliga and the Olympics next year and all your tournaments. And um, how can people keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Instagram. Actually, I tried to post from time to time, not so often, I'd say, <laughs> but uh, from time to time, just about my training and my tournaments going on. And uh, also on Facebook. You can follow my page, Kanakja, where I also try to post some updates on what's going on and yeah, keep everyone updated on on the on the schedule and tournaments. Cool. Awesome.
All right. Thanks for sticking around. Um, you got to hear uh, what Kanak was doing in Germany. Joey, what'd you think about the interview? I think it went really well. Uh, I, yeah, that was awesome. That was really cool. It was good to hear from Kanak and see what he's up to and hear how he's uh, hear how he's training. And now we know who his celebrity crush is. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to look her up because I've never I've never heard of that. Uh, lady before <laughs> um i wonder I, I i just imagine him being in germany and and really in sweden for so long um probably most of his cultural touchstones at this point are are german <laughs> or at least european um so i'll have to learn about that um also i really I, I feel like once bundesliga gets going again um i think i have more time now i think i'm going to try to keep track of it and uh, in addition to a T-League update, I can do a Bundesliga update. Cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So, cool. Okay. Um, so, let's move into Joey's coaching corner. What you got, Joey? So, for my coaching corner, I uploaded several fast pendulum serve tutorials to my Table Tennis Junkie YouTube channel. Um, go check it out. Let me know what you think. So, what... Um, You've been doing most of your videos have been on on serve stuff. Do you have plans to start uh, doing uh, drills or footwork or anything like that? So I do sort of. Um, I'm putting together a script. Actually, I've it's mostly together right now. Um, for I have three different courses that I'm going to put together for a beginner, intermediate, and more advanced table tennis. So cool. for my YouTube channel, I'm going to stick with kind of just basics, um, serving, and I'm actually going to be doing equipment reviews. Oh. So, but as far as like footwork and real training, um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep those for, uh, training courses. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, let's, uh, move into the weird world of table tennis. Um, All right. I got a, I got a weird one for you today, Joey. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard I have anything been, about this yet. So, okay. So I've been wanting to talk about this on the podcast for like a few months now because I, so a couple years ago, I, I, I read a lot of comics. I read a lot of manga that's Japanese comics and there's, there's sports comics for almost every sport, like, like water polo and lacrosse and, uh, Japanese chess and like there's like that's not exactly a sport but there's there's like comics and anime for almost every sport except for um ping pong and ping pong is really big in Japan like um I, baseball is the most popular sport in Japan but i would i kind of feel like ping pong's like number 2 um and so i really I couldn't understand why there weren't more ping pong uh, manga in Japan. And a few months ago, I found um, I found a, a ping pong manga that I had never heard of, and it's called Ping Pong Dash. And um, if you're interested, uh, there are 15 volumes in English. You can read the first five free if you have Kindle Unlimited um, on Amazon. Um, I don't think they've actually been printed. I think they only have been digitally released. Uh, but so the main character is this Bosozoku guy who, if 
If you don't know what that is, it's understandable. It's this Japanese biker gang <laughs> like stereotype. So it's like these guys that if you look up the Wikipedia, I'll I'll put it in the show notes. Um it's they they dress up, they like dress up their um their motorcycles in just kind of like really ridiculous, crazy looking stuff. And then they're like um like a biker gang. But it's a very it's it's like if you put them up if next to like an American biker gang, like Hell's Angels or something, it's it's just it's very different. Like they have their own outfits and hairstyles and everything. And so this guy is in high school and he he's totally dresses up and everything like a Bosozoku. Um he sees this cute girl that he he thinks is like the prettiest girl he's ever seen. And she's in the table tennis club. And so he tries to learn. First, he tries to like, oh, look how good I am. And he's just horrible because she's, I guess, actually like she knows what she's doing. And then <laughs> that's, that's, that's basically the, the, the premise of the entire uh, manga is that he's, he's trying to impress this girl. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, okay. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's. <laughs> There's like semi like the techniques that they do in the manga are like semi realistic. So like if you if you if you know table tennis, you can read it and be like, oh okay, I can you know I can see where they kind of like bring that in. There is like the uh, the trope um, of like the guy has some secret like power that impresses the pros. Like so he's like playing these like semi pro or um, players and you know they're like oh he's crap he's crap and then he does like this special thing and then they're like whoa i never expected that and it's kind of like the foreshadowing that he's going to be become a a good player i don't know (laughs) anyways it's like ridiculous it's a it's a comedy manga it's there's tons of jokes the the main character himself is just unbelievable looking he has a pompadour which is like this haircut that sticks out like a I don't even know what it is. It's like, it's its own thing. It has this weird pompadour. So I don't know. It's crazy. If you have Kindle unlimited, it's for free. I think otherwise the volumes are like a few dollars. Um, it's, uh, entertaining at the very least. So I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, upcoming events. Um, I guess the main event is that, uh, you, uh, maybe, uh, we may be having to record some episodes in advance because your wife is due uh, pretty soon. Yeah, so she's doing eight and a half weeks. So Dang. at some point, um, we'll have to we'll have to do a couple. Uh, we'll have to do a couple <laughs> of recordings to just keep it going. But yeah, we'll probably take a month or some or so off. Yeah, our our I think our plan really is. Um, to just try to keep interviewing people since there's not much news, there's not much going on. Um, I think on the one hand, like it's a, it's a great time because we can focus on interviews. And on, on the other hand, uh, most people that we would want to interview don't have anything else going on. So yeah. And I actually, <laughs> the lineup that we have right now, if, if it all goes according to plan is pretty good. So it's, yeah. I mean, we had Samson last month and Canuck, uh, today. And then, I don't want to give away who we have next, but we have a few people on the docket who it's. I'm I'm excited to to interview them and have them on the show. So yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty cool. 
Okay, so thanks for uh, listening to this episode of Table Tennis Talk, and we'll see you next month. Thanks. Table Tennis Talk is a monthly podcast by Joey Cochran and Ryan Lewis, edited by Dan Emery from Black Matter Mastering. Music on the podcast comes from Chill Hop Records. Find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And leave us questions, comments, or feedback on our Facebook page at Table Tennis Talk Podcast or on Twitter at TT Talk Podcast. 